Hi, True Crime Army. This episode was released on the morning of July 4th. But since then, a big case development has come forward. On Sunday, July 5th, Vanessa's family attorney, Natalie Kwan, told the Washington Post that Army CID has positively identified the remains of Specialist Vanessa Guillen. Vanessa's remains were found on June 30th near the Leon River, approximately 26 miles from Fort Hood, Texas. Continue listening to this episode for a case update that takes you from Memorial Day weekend through July 5th. Military murder is an independent project and is not endorsed by the Department of Defense or any military component. The views expressed are those of the host. The content of this podcast is not meant to be legal or medical advice. Warning, this episode contains graphic details of murder and is not suitable for young listeners. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome back, True Crime Army, for this update episode. I am your host, Marco, and I just wanted to let you know that I am tracking everything that is going on since I last released my episode on the two missing Fort Hood soldiers, Vanessa Guillen and Gregory Weddle Morales, as well as the unsolved murder of Brandon Rosecrans. So for anyone who hasn't listened to episode 31 yet, I recommend stopping and listening there first so you know what is going on and then tuning back in for this update episode. This is not a regular episode. I am going to pick up this episode where I left off during the Memorial Day weekend. Understand that this story is very fluid. I have used various sources in my research, including various press conferences held by Vanessa's family, Army press releases, and other formal statements by the Army, a federal criminal complaint, CrimeOnline.com reporting, specifically by Lee Egan, and the accompanying podcast called Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. I have used articles from Army Times, Task and Purpose, KSENT TV, KSENT News, Fox 26 Houston, Fox 7 Austin, and ABC 13, and many, many more. And the list of my sources is always available in the show notes and on my website, militarymurderpodcast.com. So on May 23rd, I released my episode on the missing Fort Hood soldiers. And by that point, Fort Hood soldier Vanessa Guillen had been missing for a month. That case really bothered me because She was a Latina military member like myself who just vanished into thin air in front of her military unit building during broad daylight. And let me reiterate this point. She disappeared on a military installation, Fort Hood in Texas. What caught my attention the most about the case was watching local Texas news coverage of Vanessa's mom, Gloria, standing outside of the Fort Hood gate, crying and begging for information about her missing daughter. The fact that this woman hadn't been invited to the base to meet with investigators at that point, she hadn't been invited to the base to meet with leadership, nothing, that bothered me. By the end of May, Vanessa had not yet been found, but her family and friends weren't giving up hope. They began a vigorous social media campaign using the hashtag FindVanessaGuillen. This hashtag in the accompanying page FindVanessaGuillen grew exponentially. Since last time we spoke, major news outlets have picked up and reported on Vanessa Guillen's disappearance. And actress Selma Hayek has made it her mission to post about Vanessa Guillen's disappearance every single day until Vanessa is found. Last time I chatted with you, the reward was $15,000 for any information that led to Vanessa's whereabouts. Well, since then, Army CID, maybe due to the pressure or something else, they raised the reward amount to $25,000. On June 17th, Gerald Tracy with KTXS 12 News 
reported that Texas Congresswoman Sylvia Garcia and the League of United Latin American Citizens, LULAC for short, well, they doubled the prize money when they indicated that they were donating an additional $25,000 to the reward of Vanessa Guillen. And as you can tell with this story, I'm actually going to go right back to where I started when I did the first episode and then continue the story from there. So don't worry, I will get to what is currently happening as of the 3rd or 4th of July, whenever I release this episode eventually, but I'm just walking down the timeline of how things went down. Okay, so a rapper by the name of Baby Bash donated an additional $5,000, bringing the total reward for any information leading to Vanessa to $55,000. I only mention all of this just to show that Vanessa's disappearance was finally being paid the attention that it deserved. I have been posting nonstop about Vanessa for a few weeks now, And a few weeks ago, I posted about a protest that Vanessa's family wanted support at. And a social media follower asked, how is a protest going to help find a missing person? And well, that kind of shocked me a little bit, that question. And I wanted everyone to know that I am extremely passionate about this missing person case because Vanessa is a young Latina soldier. She went missing and it appeared that nothing was initially done. Just another day as usual. This is how it appeared. And I get it. Many of you are like, soldiers go missing all the time. How do you differentiate between a missing person and someone who goes AWOL? And yes, I do know that there were people who are missing, who people should also be searching for, you know. But my response to this social media follower was one, protests outside of a military gate where a young lady disappeared are important for a few reasons. It raises awareness that someone is missing and it puts people on alert to start listening and watching those around them. Maybe they overhear an odd conversation or maybe someone starts acting weird. Two, if Vanessa went missing on base, presumably someone on base or someone with access to the base has something to do with it. And maybe they will see the protest and make an odd move or an interesting move that will eventually get them caught. And three, maybe the protest and the media coverage will allow someone, someone to finally come forward with information. And guess what? The family protest outside of Fort Hood, it did just that. It finally got enough attention that it made army officials start listening. But by that point, Vanessa had been missing for close to 50 days. On June 10th, the public affairs office at Fort Hood released a statement indicating the steps that the army and CID, which is the criminal investigation division, had taken up to that date to keep the family updated on the investigation. The press release went on to indicate that they met with the family on May 23rd to provide them an investigative update. They further had another meeting on June 8th. Well, on June 18th, the Public Affairs Office released two statements about Vanessa. The first one was about the steps that the Army had taken now that an allegation of sexual harassment had come forward. And if you recall from my initial coverage of Vanessa's disappearance, A little while before Vanessa went missing, she told her mom that she was being sexually harassed on base by a sergeant, but she refused to give a name. Well, Vanessa's mom made this allegation publicly to reporters sometime in May. Well, it wasn't until June 18th that Fort Hood leadership finally made a public statement about the sexual harassment allegation. The press release said that the 3rd Cavalry Regiment Commander Colonel Ralph Overland had appointed an investigating team to conduct an investigation into the allegations that Vanessa Guillen was sexually harassed. In the Army, these types of internal investigations are called Commander's Investigation, a.k.a. an AR-15-6 investigation. 
but the regulations of these investigations are not usually released to the public. Colonel Overland said, quote, I take allegations of sexual harassment very seriously and we are conducting a thorough investigation, end quote. Well, remember, I said that Fort Hood had released two statements on June 18th and the second statement read, quote, Third Cavalry Regiment troops continue their searches for Private First Class Vanessa Guillen June 17th through the 18th in the training area near the regiment area of operations. The search then expanded north on the east side of the training area here. The soldiers from Aries Troop Pioneer Squadron 3rd Cavalry Regiment conducted the searches along with soldiers from the 74th Multi-Brigade Reconnaissance Company, the 62nd Engineer Battalion, 36th Engineer Brigade. Previous searches included the 3rd CR buildings, barracks, fields, training areas, lakes, and trails all over Fort Hood, Texas. The 3rd Cavalry Regiment continues to aggressively search for Private First Class Vanessa, and we will not stop until we find her, said 3rd Cavalry Regiment Commander Colonel Ralph Overland. Our number one mission is to find Private First Class Vanessa Guillen. I'm laser focused on that. We are working with CID and law enforcement and we will not stop. The press release went on to state that Vanessa Squadron Commander Lieutenant Colonel Edward Gavin said that Tomahawk Troop, Pioneer Squadron and 3rd Cavalry Regiment, where Vanessa had been assigned, have participated with the CID investigation and local and federal law enforcement agencies to find Guillen. Quote, Tomahawk Troop, Pioneer Squadron, and 3rd Cavalry Regiment have led hundreds of hours of searches through the buildings, barracks, fields, training areas, lakes, and trails all over Fort Hood, Texas, end quote, Gavin said. Quote, in true cavalry spirit, we have sought to develop the situation by action, not leaving to chance that Guillen may be on post. It breaks my heart for her family with so many unanswered questions, but also for this troop who have many of the same questions and are still searching for evidence of her whereabouts, end quote. Someone also said that they have participated in the search operations for Private First Class Guillen, and every trooper out there is giving maximum effort. It is frustrating that we haven't found any clues or anything to help, but it is reassuring to be a part of the search operations because it makes me feel like if anything happens to you, there's people in our organization that actually care, end quote. Sergeant First Class Ashley I said, quote, no one really understands how much we're searching. I hope we can find her. And as much as I know America has faith in us to protect this country and to fight for our nation, I feel like they should have faith in us to know that we are doing everything possible to find her, end quote. So these were the two press releases released on June 18th just two weeks ago. Well, at the time of these press releases, CID reported that they had interviewed over 150 people in relation to Vanessa's disappearance. Okay, by this point, Vanessa's family was scheduled to meet with Fort Hood leadership on that same day as these press releases came out, Thursday, 18 June, 2020, ahead of a Friday planned protest. And the family and their attorney, Natalie Kowan, had the meeting. And it was later reported that the meeting was uneventful and the family did not garner any additional information about where Vanessa could be or what could have happened to her. A few days before this, a Colleen restaurant released CCTV footage of Vanessa Guillen and the video was taken a few days before she disappeared. She was seen getting out of her Jeep, entering the restaurant and sitting down while she waited for her to go order. She sat, she played on her phone and then she paid for her food and left. Well, a Spanish news channel spoke to Gloria Guillen multiple times, but when they asked Gloria if Vanessa seemed different in the video, Gloria said that she seemed like her typical self. She was preoccupied with her cell phone, but nothing really seemed off. By this point, the family had obtained the 100,000 signatures 
that they needed in their White House petition to get a formal response. The petition on change.org was created to, quote, hold the U.S. Army accountable, justice for Vanessa Guillen, end quote. Well, around June 18th, June 19th, this is when things really start to heat up. Since Army CID was investigating both Vanessa and Greg's disappearances, Army CID not only increased the reward for information leading to Vanessa, but they also increased the reward for information leading to Gregory. So now the reward for anything leading to Gregory was $25,000. And all of the media attention that Vanessa's disappearance was getting also mentioned Gregory, which meant that his disappearance 10 months earlier was finally getting airtime. So I found a few new details since I spoke about Greg last time that I really want to share. Specifically that his home record is in Oklahoma. He joined the army in 2015 as a motor transport operator. And his last name is Weddle Morales, but his last name was Weddle until, or Weedle, until he got married and legally took his wife's last name, Morales. So those are the facts that I didn't have back during episode 31. Well, due to the increased media attention on missing Fort Hood soldiers at Fort Hood, it was not surprising when on June 19th, Army CID received a call on the tip line about a shallow grave in a park in Killeen, Texas. Wait, what? Is this serious? Well, social media was going crazy that Friday. There were some reports that human remains were found and some false reports that it was confirmed that it was Vanessa. And this really created quite the frenzy. I've been following various Facebook groups and the false reports that were going on. And there were all these crazy comments, but all the crazy frenzy, it led to some people being kicked out of these Facebook groups. It was absolute insanity. But the information all sorted itself out. And by nightfall on June 19th, authorities had revealed that they found skeletal remains in that park, but that they were not sure whose remains they were. By the morning of June 20th, I had dozens of messages, emails, DMs from my listeners. Sadly, the remains found in Killeen were those of Gregory Weddle Morales. He was identified through dental records. And even though he was initially annotated as AWOL, which is absent without leave, and then as an army deserter, he was eventually found dead only five miles from Fort Hood, 10 months to the date that he was last seen. Gregory's remains were found in a field near the 3200 block of Florence Road in Killeen, Texas. Over the next several days, web sleuths everywhere had been trying to connect Greg and Vanessa's disappearances. And both Vanessa's family and Army CID have indicated multiple times that there was and still is no reason for them to believe that the disappearances were connected. Besides the fact that they were both soldiers at Fort Hood. Well, the news of the discovery of Gregory's remains was heart-wrenching for his family, in particular, his mother, Kim Woodell. But she knew all along that her son would not just up and disappear willingly. Kim was hoping to finally be able to lay her son to rest, but she quickly hit a roadblock. Because the investigation into Gregory's death, or shall I say murder, had not yet been completed, the army refused to change Gregory's deserter status even though the army finally acknowledged that foul play was suspected in his disappearance and then his death. Now, because Gregory is or was still listed as a deserter at the time that I wrote this, that meant that the Weddle family would be responsible for all of the costs associated with transporting Gregory's body from Texas to his home. And they would be responsible for all funeral expenses. 
Additionally, this meant that he would not receive the full military funeral that soldiers get, free of charge when they die on active duty. What in the world is going on? If this information doesn't make you furious, I don't know what, I don't know, I don't know, because I feel all types of different ways. My blood was boiling when I read about this. What does the army think? Do they think that he legitimately went AWOL, then got himself killed and dumped in a grave? Really? I mean, I guess it's plausible, but the entire thing seems suspect. KSN News caught up with Gregory's brother, Nick Waddell, and he was pissed, to say the least. He was pissed that the family had been saying something must have happened to Gregory the entire 10 months, but the army basically wrote them off. And that part made me sad because it was almost like finding Gregory, although not the way that they had hoped to find him. Finding him, though, had somehow vindicated the poor Waddell family. Hi, everyone. For anyone who follows me on Instagram, I recently posted a picture of me with my kiddos at Disney in front of the Disney castle. But I posted it because my shoulders were looking on fire, defined, toned, and overall just pleasant to look at. So many of you asked me in my DMs for my secret. And of course, my secret is 4 a.m. workouts. But I get the oomph to wake up at 4 a.m. and work out from my pre-workout drink called Energy Explosion. My pre-workout powder was created by world-renowned fitness guru Natalia Melofit. I have been following Natalia for many years now. And in fact, after my second C-section, I hired her as my fitness trainer. And she also helped me postpartum with my third C-section as well. So when she came out with a pre-workout supplement that didn't cause any of the jitters and the crashing, I knew I needed to try it. Energy Explosion helps with energy, and it keeps me going all through the morning hours. Because I take it first thing in the morning, which is when I choose to work out, I no longer require that morning cup of joe. This pre-workout has nootropic ingredients, which significantly help me personally with mental clarity and focus. Which, listen, when you're juggling what feels like hundreds of tasks a day, it truly does help. And guess what? My listeners are getting 15% off your order. What? Yes, please. If you're ready to get the pump without the jitters, visit mbodysup.com and enter my code MAMAMARGO at checkout for 15% off your order. That's M as in Mike, body, sup as in Sierra, uniform, papa, papa, dot com. Add energy explosion to your car and use my code MAMAMARGO, that's M-A-M-A-M-A-R-G-O-T, for 15% off. Enjoy, and when you use it, please DM me so we can talk about your workouts. All right, let me pick up the story on June 21st. Vanessa had been missing for 60 days, 60 days, and the army had been pretty mum about the situation, at least to the public, until that previous Thursday when they released those two press releases. And then on Sunday, June 21st, out of left field, the deputy commander of three corps, Major General Eflint, finally came out and made a statement to the public. And here it is, courtesy of KSEN News. Phantom Warriors, friends of Central Texas. I'm Major General Scott Eflon, the Deputy Commanding General of Three Corps. And I need to share with you a burden that we have here at Fort Hood and request your assistance. On 22 April, Vanessa Guillen, PFC in the 3rd Cavalry Regiment, was at her place of duty and around noon is the last time anyone has seen her. Since that time, 
we've continued to search for, and there's an active investigation from the Criminal Investigation Command. But we want to bring Vanessa home as efficiently and as rapidly as possible. And towards that end, I'm asking for your assistance. Somebody, some person out there has the piece of information we need to bring Vanessa home. We will continue to search for our missing member of our Army family. If you're the person that has the information we need, I ask you please call 254-495-7767. We need to bring Vanessa back to her Army family and to bring her back to her family. We won't stop this effort until we're successful. And with your help, we can be successful sooner. Thank you. Are you guys thinking what I'm thinking? What in the world? Couldn't he have made this message a few weeks earlier? Well, listen, at this point, we will take whatever help we can get. But this public statement would have been better two months earlier. Because remember, if you follow me on social media, you may have seen a post about the fact that in the military, if a weapon goes missing or a tool goes missing, or if equipment in general goes missing, no one goes home until that missing item is found or until a report is done up. But a missing female Latina soldier goes missing and crickets for two months. Yes, 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 I am mad. Well, let's continue. The Monday after Gregory's remains were found, I logged onto Facebook to discover a live news coverage of the Texas EquiSearch assisting CID in investigating a tip that had come in about Vanessa. According to reporting by Jim Heiss of ABC6 News, the tip came in about the Leon River. The search began on Sunday, June 21st and continued into June 22nd, but we later discovered that the search continued in the area much longer. When I logged into Facebook, the reporters were literally recording as EquiSearch folks were in a boat searching the river. It was frightening. And for those of you wondering what Texas EquiSearch is, because I didn't know what it was either, it's a search and rescue organization dedicated to searching for missing persons. The director of Texas EquiSearch, Tim Miller, he said that this was the fifth time that they had searched the area. It's a process of elimination and he recognized the time was not on their side. By that point, it had been 60 days since Vanessa's disappearance. To say that I watched the news coverage of the search of the Leon River in shock would be an absolute understatement. I kept thinking to myself, oh my goodness, what if they find something? What if Vanessa's body like floats up and we're all sitting here watching this live? It was terrifying. Well, the next day on Tuesday, June 23rd, Congresswoman Sylvia Garcia, she held a press conference outside of Fort Hood with the Guillen family. I remember waiting for this press conference because on this particular day, the press conference was going to be held immediately after the Congresswoman Vanessa's family and the family attorney were scheduled to meet with Fort Hood leadership on post. And I wanted all the details. So I sat there glued to my computer. When everyone eventually showed up, something was glaringly different about the makeup of Vanessa's family. Someone was missing. Gloria Guillen, Vanessa's mom. But in her place was Vanessa's father, someone who I hadn't seen too often in front of the news camera. Well, Congresswoman Garcia didn't say much besides the fact that she felt that the Army just wasted their time with a bunch of non-answers and cryptic messages and head nods. The Army finally acknowledged, though, that they suspected foul play was involved in Vanessa's disappearance. 
And then as I'm watching the press conference, from the right of the screen, there is a bit of a commotion and into the screen, I see Gloria Guillen. She looks like any mom whose daughter has been missing for two months would look. She looks like she has been up for 62 days praying and crying about her poor missing daughter, her baby girl. She has the high mom bun that means she doesn't give a flip who sees her. She eventually fragilely approaches the microphone and she unleashes the Latina mother that we should all hope to have. She's a mother going up against the United States Army, giving zero Fs what anyone thinks. And she says she didn't go to meet with the Fort Hood Army officials earlier that day because she thinks that they're a bunch of lying you-know-whats. She thinks that they're trying to make a big dog and pony show now 60 days too late. And the only reason that they're doing this is because the world is watching. Well, she wants them to know that she ain't there to be anyone's dog and pony. Gloria admits that she was sick to her stomach when she was shockingly notified that Texas EquiSearch was searching the river the day prior for her daughter. True Crime Army, can you imagine the horror? She's been crusading for 60 days by this point with minimal information from the Army, only to turn on Facebook Live, I imagine, like I did, and watch as they searched for her daughter in the river. Gloria had every intention of finding her daughter alive, and she still believed that that was possible. Gloria does reveal some new information during the press conference that the public didn't know at that point. She indicated that someone lured Vanessa out of her room that day to the arms room, then kidnapped her and took her away in a white truck. Gloria then said that CID lied to her. They had told her that her daughter had worked that day, she had to do a report, and that she, rep- she turned in the report. But Gloria learned through an unknown source that Vanessa actually never returned with the report. And listen, keep this information in mind because this will become important later. Then, Gloria says the most infamous words ever. Quote, I want my daughter alive. I want her alive because she entered the army alive and God forbid she turns up dead. I will shut down this base. I will move the sky, the water and the earth to shut down this base because it is a rotten base. That sign right there says this is the greatest place. The greatest place for what? The greatest place to kidnap, rape and murder. This is not just, end quote. When I say that that moment changed the direction of how those watching viewed Vanessa Guillen's case, I'm not lying. I was watching Gloria during this press conference alone in my house, but I can't imagine that anyone, anyone with a soul watching that video didn't at least get watery eyes. I remember the time that my daughter showed up at home. This is me personally. I remember the time that my daughter showed up at home one day after being bit by some savage two-year-old in school, and I just about cursed out the school director demanding to see the video of the incident. And guess what? She showed it to me. I cannot fathom what Gloria Guillen felt when her daughter disappeared in what should be a secure location. And then she had to stand outside the gate to demand answers because she couldn't just go to Vanessa's room and inspect. She couldn't just walk into the arms room and take a little look-see. She must feel helpless at the hands of the army. (laughs) 
On Wednesday, June 24th, as reported by KCBD, Texas EquiSearch went back to the Leon River to search and they found, quote, some things, end quote, and they were pretty optimistic that the items were related to Vanessa's case, but they wouldn't know for sure until tests came back. In addition to searching the Leon River or near the Leon River, they also searched a neighborhood near FM 439 and Sparta Road in Bell County. Tim Miller did say, quote, there is a reason we have been every place we have been, end quote. And by the way, Texas EquiSearch is no joke. They were not just lollygagging this investigation. They used horses, ATVs, drones, sonars, and searches on foot. Thank goodness for Tim Miller, and you'll learn why later. Okay, so the next few days after June 26, get wonky, but bear with me. During that weekend, reports indicate the human remains were found near where Gregory Morales' body was found. So the internet starts going berserk with people claiming that there might be a serial killer in Killeen or a serial killer in Fort Hood. Now, people start claiming it's the body of Vanessa. They found the body of Vanessa. But Vanessa's official page, the Find Vanessa Guillen page, they're adamant that nothing is confirmed and it's not Vanessa. So what exactly happened that weekend is unclear. But I read somewhere that apparently the remains that were discovered by passersby may have been connected to Gregory's case. Additionally, and even stranger, it was said that the people who found and then reported the human remains were close to where Gregory was found initially. And they were there, those people were there, to pay their respects on a makeshift shrine to Gregory. Oh, this story is nuts. But that weekend, Tim Miller comes forward and said that the items found, and unsure if he means the items that were initially found that he was referencing that he found on June 24th, but he said that the items found could be linked to Vanessa. By the way, Tim Miller created Texas EquiSearch after his own daughter went missing in 2000 and was eventually found murdered. Two Jane Doe's were found near where Tim's daughter Laura was found and her murder is still unsolved and those two Jane Doe's are still unidentified. Of course, he created Texas EquiSearch because he felt that not enough was done to find his own daughter. On June 29th, in an article written by the Daily Mail, it was reported that Vanessa's family attorney, Natalie Kowan, indicated that she discovered that Vanessa had claimed, it's unclear to who she claimed, but that she had claimed that a superior walked in on her while she was showering and that on another occasion, Vanessa claimed she was verbally assaulted with vulgar language in Spanish. On Tuesday, June 30th, Texas EquiSearch publicly confirmed that partial human remains were found close to the Leon River. Tim Miller told Fox 26 Houston that the remains were found in a shallow grave near the river and that the grave was so well concealed that the week prior, Texas EquiSearch, the Texas Rangers and military investigators with cadaver dogs all missed the grave, end quote. He continued, quote, we were probably standing on top of the grave, end quote. The crazy thing is that Tim later told Nancy Grace on her podcast, Crime Stories with Nancy Grace, that the items they found the week earlier were only three feet away from where they eventually found human remains. What? Apparently, the human remains were very well hidden. And Tim believes that by the grace of God, some animals or something else helped to unearth the grave, which is how they found the grave eventually. 
By this point, Vanessa's family was still holding on hope that the remains found were not Vanessa's, and they refused to give up hope. However, on Wednesday, July 1st, during a press conference held in front of the Navy Memorial in Washington, D.C., it appeared that family attorney Natalie Kowan and Myra Guillen, Vanessa's sister, had put two and two together and come to the realization, even without a formal positive identification and autopsy, that the human remains found near the Leon River were probably the remains of Vanessa Guillen. Even more shocking was the news reported ahead of the press conference. Various news outlets reported that an alleged suspect in the suspected murder of Vanessa Guillen had committed suicide in the wee hours of July 1st as he was being pursued by Army CID and U.S. Marshals. What? Now, if you're as confused as I am, you just hold your butts because things are about to get crazier. Recently, I covered two unsolved cases, which I am sure caused you to pause and analyze your inner detective. Well, if you want to hone in on that inner detective, then you need to check out June's Journey. June's Journey is a mobile game that you can play anywhere while connected to Wi-Fi. June's Journey takes you through the main character, June's, adventure to uncover family secrets. Her first task is to uncover the mystery of her sister's death. You will be using your keen eye to spot hidden clues in the immersive scenes that take you across the globe. The scene is set in the 1920s, so it's like going back in time. June's Journey is a hidden object mystery game, and I love playing while waiting for my kids at the bus stop. It allows me to clear my mind from the tasks of the day and to refocus on my mommy duties. What I love about June's Journey is that not only are you searching for objects, but you can join other players online in a detective club. And then you also get to design this luxurious island estate that is all yours. And if you have friends who play, you can gift each other trees, flowers, and other amazing decorative items. Today, I invite you to escape reality and immerse yourself in the world of June Parker. Discover your inner detective when you download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. Go ahead, download June's Journey today. During the press conference, attorney Kawan confirms that the suspect who killed himself was in fact the same person who walked in on Vanessa showering that one time and he was the one who was harassing her. But it's a little bit interesting because eventually we find out that this guy is a specialist when initially we had all thought that he was a sergeant. Well, to add insult to injury, Myra admits during this press conference that she met the suspect during her search for Vanessa and that he had the audacity to look her in the face and laugh. The morning immediately after the alleged or one of the alleged suspects killed himself, Fort Hood released a press release and it contained a frequently asked questions section. By the way, the name of the alleged perpetrator and the guy who killed himself was not released right away, pending notification of the next of kin. But before we get to him, let's talk about the frequently asked questions released on July 1st. Question, when was the first report that Vanessa Guillen had gone missing? Answer, Vanessa Guillen went missing on April 22nd, 2020. She was last seen at approximately 11.30 a.m. that day, April 22nd, in the parking lot of her regimental engineer squadron headquarters, 3rd Cavalry Regiment on Fort Hood, Texas. Her car keys, barracks room key, identification card were later found in the arms room. She was last seen in the parking lot wearing a black t-shirt and purple fitness type pants. Well, below, that was a direct quote, below the frequently asked questions section. It's kind of interesting because they finally actually answer the question asked, when was 
Vanessa Guillen reported missing. And below the questions, it actually says that Vanessa's unit reported Vanessa missing on April 23rd when a check of the barracks and unit area didn't locate her. But in my personal opinion, it's missing a very important detail. What time on the 23rd was she reported missing by her unit? And prior to her not being accounted for in the barracks, had her family ever contacted the army directly? Because the family is adamant that they had contacted the army before they even realized that she went missing. Here's another one. Question, is the army investigating the possibility that Vanessa Guillen may be the victim of sexual harassment? Answer, the 3rd Cavalry Regiment at Fort Hood appointed an investigating team led by a senior investigating officer, I.O., to conduct the commander's investigation, referred to as an Army Regulation 15-6 investigation, into the allegations that Vanessa Guillen was sexually harassed. An Army Regulation 15-6 investigation is the Army's standard method of investigation and is used to collect and analyze facts and make recommendations based on those facts. The investigating officer will gather the evidence, thoroughly and impartially consider it, and make findings and recommendations. Once the investigation is complete, the I.O. will present the findings and recommendations to the unit's command for his review. Fort Hood units continue to aggressively search for Vanessa Guillen. Hmm, okay. So the Army is, is internally investigating themselves with regards to the sexual harassment. Question. Have Fort Hood officials spoken with the family and members of Congress about this ongoing case? Answer. Fort Hood leadership updated Congresswoman Sylvia Garcia, congressional staff members from Senator Ted Cruz, Congressman John Carter, Congressman Roger Williams, and members of Vanessa Guillen's family on June 23rd to discuss details of the ongoing investigation of Private First Class Guillen's disappearance. The in-person visit follows multiple in-person and virtual meetings between Garcia, the Guillen family, and unit leadership. During the visit, Colonel Ralph Overland, 3rd Cavalry Regiment Commander, and U.S. Army Criminal Investigation Command agents updated Garcia and the Guillen family on the most recent searches and status of the investigation and also showed them Vanessa's work area and parking lot where she was last seen. Quote, we appreciate the opportunity to provide the Guillen family, Congresswoman Garcia, and other congressional delegates a comprehensive update, end quote, Overland said, quote, they are Vanessa's family and Vanessa is part of our family. We all have the same goal, to find Vanessa and bring her home. The regiment is fully committed to this and we will not stop until we find her, end quote. There's more frequently asked questions, but I thought that those were the most important ones, kind of, although they were non-answers really. Well, Crime Online and Crime Stories with Nancy Grace, they were the ones on the cusp of this Vanessa Guillen story from the beginning. And most of the facts that I garnered about what happened next came from either their articles or Nancy Grace podcast episodes released on the 1st and 2nd of July. And I highly, highly recommend that you go listen to all four episodes so far on the Vanessa Guillen case covered by Nancy Grace on her podcast. Nancy Grace is no joke. She interviews Myra Guillen, the family attorney Natalie Kawan, and Tim Miller, the founder of Equisearch. And the things that she discovered on her show are terrifying. So in a nutshell, we all know that by early July, the remains found near the Leon River have not been positively identified as Vanessa Guillen. However, Tim Miller has stated to Nancy Grace that he is pretty sure the search for Vanessa Guillen has ended. He stated that what they found near the Leon River were partial remains covered in concrete. He said it was impossible to identify the body. 
He also confirmed that it might take a while to conduct an autopsy because they had to take the body with the concrete and it would take time for them to, quote, chip off, end quote, the concrete to really discover what happened to the body and to do a DNA test. But on July 2nd, attorney Kwan spoke to Nancy Grace and she made the most chilling and shocking statements I think I may have ever heard. And you know, I don't recall a case that I have ever followed in the news like Vanessa's story, but her story touches me in so many ways. Maybe because I'm a mom, maybe because I'm Latina, maybe because even though I didn't know Vanessa, I served alongside her in the big military. Vanessa wanted to serve in the military since she was 10 years old. Can you believe that? A little girl that actually wants to wear camouflage. <laughs> That's, that just touches my heart. Well, Kawan told Nancy Grace that after the press conference that she held in Washington, D.C. On the, on the 1st of July, she received a call from the Army CID and they wanted to have a sit down in D.C. while she was there. Kawan was shocked. She felt like this entire 10 weeks since Vanessa disappeared, the army was very standoffish. According to Kawan, Vanessa was called into work on April 22nd by someone, not the alleged killer. Vanessa worked in the arms room, and in the arms room, she was alone with specialist Aaron Robinson. While she was in the arms room, she saw a woman's picture on Robinson's phone. It was a picture of a woman by the name of Cecily Aguilar. Cecily is not in the military, but she is married to a soldier, although Cecily and her husband are estranged. Well, according to CID, as told by Kawam, Vanessa confronted Robinson about the picture and told him that it was illegal to date a married woman and that this was against army rules. And for those of you unfamiliar with military life, adultery is illegal and can lead to administrative paperwork. In any event, I don't believe that it's something that will usually get you kicked out of the military, but I guess anything is possible depending on your leadership and depending on what other misconduct you have on file. Okay, I digress. Vanessa allegedly threatened to report Robinson and his affair to her superiors. And this made Robinson snap. He allegedly grabbed the closest thing that he could think of, which was a hammer. And he began to bludgeon Vanessa on the head over and over and over again in a fit of rage. Blood was everywhere. And the murder happened between 1030 and 1115 a.m. Then Robinson put Vanessa's body in a pelican container. A pelican container is this big black container. It's like three feet long. It's usually used to transport military equipment and that type of stuff. These, These boxes, they're indestructible. I had a few when I deployed. Well, Robinson then cleaned up all of the blood with towels and closed the arms room and went home, leaving the pelican case behind. Between 6 and 7 p.m., he returned to the post to retrieve the Pelican case. While he was there, he was struggling with the Pelican brief, which contained Vanessa. By this point, she was deceased. A witness saw Robinson struggling with the case, but the witness did nothing. Robinson put the case in his car and drove off. Then he took the Pelican case near the Leon River. And while he was there, he realized whatever he planned on doing was going to be too hard to do alone. So he called his girlfriend, Cecily, and he enlisted her help. The two of them then proceeded to hack Vanessa's body up and dig her in a shallow grave. Then they poured concrete on her body. They left and on their way out, they threw the hammer, which was the original murder weapon, the axe and the machete out the window as they drove. 
Well, Kwan also learned that at some point before Robinson killed himself, he was offered a polygraph test, which we all know are inadmissible in court. But Robinson did agree to interview with the polygrapher. And after the meeting, the polygrapher told investigators they believed Robinson was lying. The crazy part is that Kwan also revealed that during check-in on the 22nd, a sergeant confirmed that Vanessa checked in. But later, the sergeant recanted that story and admitted to falsely accounting for Vanessa, even though they hadn't spoken to her or set eyes on her that day. And Kwan doesn't know what action was taken against that person. Tim Miller then told Nancy Grace that they found a burn pit not too far from where they found the human remains near the Leon River. The interesting thing was that prior to finding the human remains, remember when he says that they were standing on the grave and didn't even realize it? They knew something had happened in those woods, in that particular area, because when he looked up, he could see flames were high enough to reach 15 feet up to the trees because the leaves and trees that high were charred. They also found all kinds of things in the fire pit to cause it to burn high and hot, including tires. Someone was there and it appeared they tried hard to burn evidence. After listening to both Kawan and Miller talk, my jaw was on the floor. Seriously, I couldn't believe my ears. I believe the end result. But I kept wondering, what, what started this all? Would Vanessa really have threatened to report Robinson? And even if she did, getting in trouble for adultery is way less serious than murder. But even if it did play out that way, wow, just wow. But then the story got me thinking further. Wait, someone saw a man struggling with a big case large enough to fit a body in the same parking lot where Vanessa was seen. And what now? When was this information discovered? And then it got me thinking even further. You have heard of luminol, right? The stuff that forensic folks spray to check on recently cleaned up blood. I mean, did they not luminol the, the area where they found Vanessa's stuff, the arms room? But wait, True Crime Army, the story does become more clear when I tell you what happened next. Before I go any further, I do want to say the suspects are innocent until proven guilty in a court of law. So everyone should remember that as we go further with our story. According to the criminal complaint against Cecily, dated July 2nd, 2020, we learn the following. On April 23rd, a captain from Vanessa's unit called CID to report Vanessa missing. A witness recalled seeing Vanessa leave the arms room where she worked, and she left behind her ID card and all of the items which were later found there, her ID, wallet, and keys. Vanessa was heading to a different arms room, quote, at another location at Fort Hood, one controlled by specialist Aaron Robinson, end quote. Vanessa was going there to confirm some serial numbers for weapons and equipment. Remember, she used to work in the arms room. A witness, and it's unclear if it's the same witness who saw Vanessa leave the, her arms room earlier, but a witness reports that at the end of the day, they saw Vanessa's stuff still sitting there in the arms room, her ID, her wallet, and her keys. Vanessa hadn't returned for her things. Investigators searched Vanessa's phone, which revealed the last text message that she sent was to Specialist Robinson. Robinson was interviewed at some point, 
and he said that on April 22nd, he text messaged Vanessa to tell her he was in the arms room. His arms room, which is a different arms room than Vanessa's. Vanessa went to his arms room where she read serial numbers for equipment and then he gave her the paperwork, here you go, and the serial numbers for a 50 caliber machine gun which needed to be serviced. Once he gave her the paperwork, she left. He didn't know where she went, but he suspected that she went to the motor pool, which is the next logical place for her to go. Witnesses from the motor pool were interviewed, and although they were expecting Vanessa, she never showed up. According to the complaint on April 28th, yes, remember, April 28th, that's six days after Vanessa went missing, Army CID interviewed Specialist Robinson. He basically told them that on the 22nd, you know, it was a normal day. He finished up his paperwork and then he went home. He lives off post. He says he was home all day and then around 6.30 p.m. he left to go back to post because he needed to log on to his government computer to sign up for some training. On May 18th, two witnesses revealed that on April 22nd, they recall seeing Robinson pulling a tough box with wheels and it looked very heavy and it looked as if he was struggling with the box. They saw him leave the arms room. Now, this this boxing does have wheels, but they saw him struggling to pull it and then struggling to pick up the box to put in his vehicle, which he did successfully. And then he drove off. Well, the very next day after CID or whoever interviews the two witnesses on May 19th, eventually investigators bring in Robinson and ask to search his phone. And he agrees. Interestingly, the phone records revealed that during the night of the 22nd and the early morning hours of the 23rd of April, homeboy Robinson was calling his live-in girlfriend as late as 3.30 a.m. Cecily Aguilar was interviewed on June 19th, and it's unclear if she was interviewed before then, but she was interviewed on June 19th. And she provided an alibi for Robinson, saying that they were together all night on the 22nd into the 23rd. And the investigators are like, oh, okay, mm -hmm. oh, that's nice. If that's the case, why did he call your phone at 3.30 in the morning if you guys were together? And she was like, oh, that's so funny. You should ask. I lost my phone, silly me. He called my phone so I could find it. And that was it. So the investigators thought, hmm, well, that's funny because these calls were all longer than just a few seconds or a few minutes. But investigators let Cecily go. Further analysis of Robinson's phone, though, showed that he didn't stay at his residence in the early morning hours of April 23rd. At 1.59 a.m. on the 23rd of April, his phone showed him along FM 436 and West Main Street in Belton, Texas, around a bridge. Then it showed him along the Leon River driving in a northward direction. The phone then stayed put for two hours. Well, the phone was tracked to the same area a few days later on April 26. And guess what? Oh, homegirl Cecily's phone tracked right along Robinson's the whole time. Oh, snap. Cecily was eventually re-interviewed and likely confronted about the inconsistencies in her original story. And she was like, oh, yeah, I did lie. That night, Robinson and I went on a long drive. I do that sometimes to relax. So that night, the two of them took a long drive to a park in Belton, Texas, to get this, to look at stars. They were there, then they took a peek, and then they went back home. Well, 
Because of the phone records, that's why we saw Texas EquiSearch searching the Leon River around June 21st, June 23rd timeframe. The complaint further reveals that when they searched the Leon River and its surrounding area, they discovered a burn pit. And it was in the same area where Robinson's phone had pinged. In the burn pit, which contained disturbed earth, investigators found what appeared to be a burned plastic tote or a tough box. Well, on June 30th at 1 p.m., contractors working near the Leon River were working on a fence when they bumped into what they believed to be human remains. CID was immediately notified. Immediately, CID, FBI, BCSO, USMC, and the Texas Rangers race over, and they identified human remains that appeared to have been placed into a concrete-like substance, which was later buried. Hours after the discovery at 8.30 p.m., they pull Cicely in for questioning, and she finally breaks. She admits that Robinson told her that on April 22nd, while in his arms room, he attacked Vanessa Guillen in the head with a hammer over and over and over again. He told her that he killed her. He then put her in a box and then took the box to an area near the Leon River. After realizing that he couldn't do this on his own, he left Vanessa Guillen in the box near the Leon River and left to pick up Cecily. When they made it back to the Leon River, they stepped out of the car, walked over to the box where Robinson opened it and inside was a badly beaten and dead Vanessa Guillen. The pair then worked quickly. Remember, they were in the area, according to cell phone records, for only two hours that night. And together with a hatchet and a machete, they dismembered Vanessa limb by limb. They completely dismembered Vanessa, not only limb by limb, but then they decapitated her. They then attempted to burn the body, but the body would not completely burn. So they dug up three separate holes, scattered Vanessa's remains in these holes, and then covered them up. Then they left. Somewhere between the 23rd and the 26th, Robinson obtained concrete from someone using Facebook Messenger. Huh? Then, according to the complaint, investigators believed that on April 26th, the pair returned to the makeshift gravesite with gloves, hairnets, and that concrete that Robinson got on Facebook. They unearthed Vanessa's remains and, quote, continued the process of breaking down the remains of the dead female, end quote. Now, break, break. Tim Miller reveals in that Nancy Grace podcast episode that I mentioned earlier that the pair, meaning Robinson and Cecily, they brought lime with them. And apparently this is something used to speed up the decomposition process. So these two, they weren't taking any chances. They wanted this body to disappear. According to the criminal complaint, then the pair, meaning Robinson and Cecily, they started another fire in a fire pit where they threw in the remaining remains as well as their gloves and hairnets. Then after the fire died down, they dug up what was left placed it back into the three separate holes and poured concrete into the holes. This is horrifying. Cecily and Robinson then went home and burned their clothes and they talked about their alibis, deciding the best alibi would be the one about the long drive to see the stars. Apparently, prior to the human remains being discovered near the Leon River on the 30th, 
Robinson for some reason that is unknown to me and not disclosed in the criminal complaint. Well, he had been confined to Fort Hood. And remember, prior to Vanessa's disappearance, he lived off post with Cecily. So clearly the army knew Robinson was involved before they discovered Vanessa's remains, which is why they restricted his movements to base. Well, on the 30th, by the time investigators were talking to Cecily, Robinson was nowhere to be found on post. Cecily conducted a few pretextual phone calls, whereas she called Robinson, but the calls were recorded by investigators. She must have talked about Vanessa during these phone calls because the complaint confirms that Robinson, quote, never denied anything they did to Vanessa Guillen and her body, end quote. By this point, Robinson was freaking out because he texted pictures of news articles revealing that human remains had been found near the Leon River. In a separate pretext call, Robinson told Cecily, quote, baby, they found pieces, they found pieces, end quote. He was clearly talking about pieces of Vanessa. Later, as reported by ABC 25, in the early morning hours of July 1st, Robinson was spotted by officials walking near the 42nd block of East Racier Avenue. And when they keyed in on him, Robinson removed the weapon, pointed it at his head and pulled the trigger. He was pronounced dead at 1.17 a.m. Now, the criminal complaint was filed in federal court as a conspiracy to corruptly alter, destroy, mutilate or conceal an object or attempt to do so with the intent to impair the object's integrity or availability for use in an official proceeding. Because this is a conspiracy to alter or destroy evidence of a murder that occurred on a military installation, which is federal property, this is why the complaint against Cecily Aguilar was filed in federal court versus state court. This story is crazier than crazier. Heavy.com, who likes to gin up dirt on folks, they released an article on July 2nd that included some social media posts made by Cecily prior to her 4 a.m. arrest on July 1st. Well, on May 1st, which is about a week after the alleged murder dismemberment of Vanessa Guillen, Cecily posted on Instagram, quote, he showed her the darkest part of him. She said, black is my favorite color, end quote. What in the world is wrong with people, really? Come on, come on, girl. Private First Class Vanessa Guillen was scheduled to be promoted to specialist in July. So on July 1st, 2020, the Army promoted Vanessa Guillen to specialist. We shall now refer to her as Specialist Vanessa Guillen. When I first read the headlines about the promotion, I thought it was so bogus. But now that I realized that she was scheduled to be promoted and until her remains are identified, Vanessa is still a missing person. So once I realized this, it occurred to me that the promotion was proper. Because originally, to be honest, guys, because of the timing of everything, I thought it was an army consolation prize. And we don't need those in this case. We need justice. And as if this story could not get more bizarre, in addition to the hashtag find Vanessa Guillen on social media hitting it big, there was another hashtag that got a lot of recognition and that's the hashtag I am Vanessa Guillen. It's a hashtag used to show unity, but really it's a hashtag where female and male service members or veterans alike, where they can share their stories of surviving either sexual harassment or sexual assault in the military. 
And the post is usually accompanied with a side-by-side picture of the person who's telling their story in uniform. And their picture is basically photoshopped next to a picture of Vanessa Guillen in uniform. The, the I am Vanessa Guillen hashtag was created and started by a lady by the name of Krista Martinez. In a strange turn of events, Krista was killed in a tragic car accident on July 1st. And when I read this, it made me so sad because there's this picture of Martinez at a protest and she's holding a picture of Lavina Johnson while she's wearing a shirt to show support for Vanessa Guillen. And for those of you who don't know Lavina Johnson's story, just wait. It's a story of injustice and cover-up. Well, Krista was standing up to it and her I am Vanessa Guillen hashtag became a movement. Krista was no longer in the military, but she was last stationed in Fort Hood and she had been a victim of sexual harassment herself, which is what moved her to share Vanessa's story and to remind people that Vanessa is not alone. Rest in peace, Krista, and thank you for starting the conversation about sexual harassment and sexual assault in the military. One more thing. According to a Task and Purpose article by Haley Britsky, the Army did announce that Fort Hood's sexual harassment, sexual assault program is being investigated by the big inspector general, the one located in Washington, D.C. The inspector general team is looking into the program's implementation how the command climate supports soldiers and will, quote, identify potentially systematic issues with the program, end quote. On July 2nd, Fort Hood did host a press conference, and here is just a snippet of what happened. Both Major General F. Land and the lead CID investigator make statements. I want to remind everyone in attendance today that there's still an active investigation so I will be limited in what I can confirm or release to you today as you as you all know specialist Guillen went missing on 22 April 2020 Guillen's unit reported her missing to CID on 23 April when the, the check of the barracks in the unit area did not locate her she was last seen that morning in the in the area near the regimental Engineer Squadron Arms Room, 3rd Cavalry Regiment, here on Fort Hood, Texas. Her car keys, barracks room key, identification card, were later found in her unit's arms room. During the course of this investigation, our law enforcement partners and CID agents have conducted an enormous amount of investigative activity. Agents have conducted more than 300 interviews, more than 10,000 investigative hours, and have been working very closely with numerous agencies since PFC Guillen disappeared. They include FBI, Clean Police Department, Belton Police Department, Texas Rangers, U.S. Marshals, and the Texas Department of Public Safety, among others. Army CID issued a press release and reward announcements to the public with the media's assistance on April 25th, the 27th, and in June, 20, June 15th. We want to sincerely thank the public for their desire to help and the information they have provided and continue to provide throughout the investigation. And we encourage anyone with additional information to do the right thing and come forward. To date, our investigation has identified two suspects in the, in the connection with uh, Specialist Guillen's disappearance. 
We are aware that there have been statements made that there are others, but at this point that is incorrect. We have identified two suspects. It is very troubling and irresponsible that other soldiers' names have been placed on social media sites and implicated in this investigation when there was absolutely no credible information or evidence that those individuals have anything at all to do with this investigation. In fact, we have interviewed people in the course of our investigation while looking for leads who, who posted these false allegations and they have admitted to us that they have no evidence or information whatsoever to, to, to post these allegations and falsely accuse people. One of the suspects is an estranged wife of a former Fort Hood soldier who is currently in custody at Bell County Jail awaiting charges by civil authorities. Because she is a civilian and in the custody of local authorities, Army CID will not be releasing any further information concerning her or her status at this time. The second suspect is identified as Specialist E4 Aaron David Robinson, a 20-year-old soldier who was assigned to Alpha Company 3rd Cavalry Regiment at Fort Hood. He entered the Army in October 2017 and he was assigned as a combat engineer. His home of record is listed as Calumet City, Illinois. As we, as we included in our CID press release yesterday, special agents from the U.S. Army Criminal Investigation Command along with the U.S. Marshals, Colleen Police Department and the Lone Star Fugitive Task Force were attempting to locate the soldier after he fled Fort Hood late Tuesday. While law enforcement agencies attempted to make contact with the suspect in Killeen, Texas, Specialist Robinson reportedly displayed a weapon and took his own life. There has also been a widespread allegation that Specialist Robinson was the su superior of Specialist Guillen. This is false. Robinson was an armor who worked in a building adjacent to the building where PFC, cor correction, Specialist Guillen worked and he was in no way Specialist Guillen's chain in, chain in her chain of command. We are still investigating their interactions, but at this time there is no credible information or reports that Specialist Robinson sexually harassed Specialist Guillen. If anyone does have credible information to, to corroborate these allegations, we strongly urge them to come forward and report to us or to their chain of command. Additionally, as you're also aware, the Texas Rangers, with the assistance of Army CID and other agencies, are still processing the scene at the Leon River in Bell County, Texas, the human remain, where human remains were, were discovered on Tuesday. This is still an active scene and part of an ongoing criminal investigation, and a positive identification of the ring remains has not been made. The Texas Rangers are the lead agency at this site, and I would refer any questions about the specific scene to the Texas Rangers. I can tell you our agents are working very closely with the Armed Forces Medical Examiner to expedite identification of the remains. We will release information on those re remains as soon as we can and after notification is made with the next of kin. We also want to be very clear, we have no credible information or reports that Vanessa Guillen was sexually assaulted. We, were, we are not aware of any official reports of sexual harassment.
Specialist Guillen, or any other soldier on her behalf when this important issue was first raised by the family. We were aware early on in PFC Guillen's disappearance that the Guillen family had, had made statements to the media concerning sexual harassment allegations, but again, we had no further information at this time of that claim. During the course of the investigation and into the disappearance of Specialist Guillen CIDH, agents undercovered a statement on May 7th that could be considered potential sexual harassment. After subsequent investigation, another allegation of verbal harassment involved in the same individual was discovered. However, subsequent interviews have failed to corroborate this allegation. Nevertheless, we are still investigating. Unfortunately, it did not produce any viable leads as to PF Specialist Guillen's whereabouts. CID agents are working closely with the Fort Hood investigating officer assigned to look into the sexual harassment allegations at the unit. Specialist Robinson was not involved in these allegations. Included in our press release yesterday, there are obviously pieces of information and evidence that cannot be shared with the public during an active criminal investigation. Doing so can seriously jeopardize the charging and successful prosecution of individuals. When important investigative information is, is prematurely released, criminals can and will destroy evidence, conspire to change their stories, build false alibis, etc. If anyone has any additional information pertinent to this ongoing investigation, we ask that you contact Army CID immediately. Thank you very much. The press conference is a little bit over 30 minutes and I'm going to post a link to it so you guys can listen to the whole thing if you want. There are so many elements of this developing story in both Gregory's case and Vanessa's case that make me want to bang my head against the wall. Do I think they could have caught Robinson before he took his life? Yes. Do I think higher-ups should be involved in missing persons cases right away? Yes, I do believe that. I want to take a moment to give Vanessa and Greg and all the other men and women who deserve justice the respect they deserve. Vanessa's case is a case that I have found myself talking to my mom and my abuela about almost on a daily basis. My dad, a strong military supporter, called me just yesterday and told me how disappointed he is with the result of Vanessa's disappearance. Vanessa's case has touched so many lives. Let's continue to tell Vanessa's story. And even though one suspect in her disappearance is dead, let's continue to fight for justice. Not just for Vanessa, but for all the ones whose family may not be as brave as the Guillen family and willing to go head to head with the army. Let's be their voices. Para la señora Gloria Guillén y el resto de la familia Guillén, yo sigo orando por ti y por Vanessa. Agradezco todas las palabras que han dicho en público. Gracias por seguir peleando la batalla buena. El Señor permita que justicia se haga para Vanessa. Señora Gloria, no me puedo imaginar lo que estás pasando ahora mismo, pero por favor, nunca pares de pelear. La pelea de Vanessa es nuestra pelea. A translation of those words are, to Mrs. Gloria Guillen and the rest of the Guillen family, I keep praying for you and for Vanessa. I appreciate all of the words that you have all made in public. 
thank you for continuing to fight the good fight. God permit that justice is actually done for Vanessa. Mrs. Guillen, I cannot imagine what you're going through, but please never stop fighting. Vanessa's fight is now our fight. True Crime Army, please make sure that you're sharing this episode with your friends and family and anyone else interested in the details of Vanessa Guillen's disappearance. All of my sources can be found in the show notes and on my website on militarymurderpodcast.com. Be sure that you follow me on social media, on Instagram at Military Murder Podcast and on Facebook at Military True Crime. This show is created and produced by Mama Margot Productions. Thank you to today's sponsor, Indie Drop-In True Crime. All of the music was created by tie-ups. As always, remember, you never really know what someone is capable of. So remain vigilant always. You have a fabulous week and I'll keep digging to bring you another military murder story next week. Podcast.